Welcome to the Forbes China Entrepreneur Show. We interview experts in tech and business, as well as share news and insights from on the ground in China. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another Forbes China Entrepreneur Show. It's our second episode, and we're here focusing in the South China region. Today on the show is Cyril Ebersweiler, who I've known for many years in China, doing various accelerator programs for startups. And actually, I'm also an alumni of his China Accelerator Program, batch number three for my startup, SocialAgent.CN. In the show today, we're going to go through how he got started investing in China as a firm and these accelerator programs, as well as what he looks for in entrepreneurs and startup teams. So let's listen up. Okay, thank you everybody for tuning in to a Forbes China episode.、Uh, we have Cyril here with us. Thanks for being here today, Cyril. Thanks for having me. Great. And can you just introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. So、um, my name is Cyril、uh, Ebersweiler. I've been、uh, in Asia for about、uh, 15 years now, building lots of uh, various uh, businesses across China, Japan, and in Korea. But、uh, more interestingly,、uh, for the past five years, I've joined a VC firm called SOS Ventures, and through it, I've built two accelerator programs in China. One called China Accelerator, which is based in Shanghai, and another one focused on on hardware startups. Based in Shenzhen, called Hackcelerator. Great, yeah, you've definitely done a lot for the entrepreneurial community here in China. Thanks for that. So, you've been in Asia since 2001. I remember from previous speeches and started in Japan. Maybe just share a little bit your story in Asia. Sure. So,、um, I'm actually a business lawyer originally. Which is、um, something that、um, I actually never really practiced, and I came to China really to to learn the language and learn about the country many years ago. And、uh, since then, actually, you know, got my first job back in 2001 in Beijing, which、uh, was about building the、uh, the, the first e-commerce platform for uh, uh, Carrefour, uh, so Jiaofu in、uh, in China way back when, when the internet was still、uh, extremely slow and pretty fun. Since then, I've I've lived、uh, a little bit in、um, in other Cities like like Guangzhou, and、um, back in 2005 or 6, I, I decided to move to Japan in order to learn more about the、uh, the mobile industry because the、um, Ktai, so the the, the, mob, the Japanese mobile phone, was you know、uh, pre pre iPhone was embedding lots of、uh, sensors that that the iPhone and, and many other phones, smartphones, would become. And so, with a, a more mature market, I, I just wanted to to experience really what would be the the future of of mobile, which was very interesting. Especially worked for 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 Nissan. Adidas and and、uh, and a few other people over there. The interesting part of it is, is of course, looking back now at、uh, at the mobile craze and the fact that actually Japan missed missed the boat with the mobile market, you know, for for many many reasons. I moved back to to China, building and running a、uh, an advertising agency, which was part of the the TBWA group, so the the agency of Apple, and that was back in Dalian, and spent some time over there. Then joined SOS Ventures in、um, uh, which is a worldwide early. Stage fund for、uh, for technology startups and and created China Accelerator. So、uh, the first startup accelerator program in China five years back. The、um, interesting thing that that came out of the, the very first program was the fact that we、uh, we actually had two hardware startups. And、um, my background really was about business operations, marketing, advertising, software, but not so much about about hardware. And、uh, also, I was not an investor at the first place, and I had to to learn the ropes. So, so the accelerator model was great for for me to learn, but also give back to entrepreneurs. You know, a lot of our experiences and mentors' experiences across across the country. 
And um, out of those two hardware companies, essentially, um, the interesting part was that I, I didn't make any difference between hardware and software. For me, it was all about problem to be solved and, and, and technology. But um, there were lots of hardships ahead. And, and so we learned that the hard way and uh, thought there should be a better way to, to learn to, to build hardware startups. And that's why we, we built Accelerator so f- three years ago in Shenzhen, which has since then graduated about uh, 40 companies, and uh, which is really geared up to, to create a methodology for, for hardware companies to, uh, to come to market. Yeah, so we're, bo- we're recording this today in Shenzhen in hot July. So I think Shenzhen has come a long way since I've been here. I know you you came you visited a, a while ago. Maybe you can explain what you see in Shenzhen. Yeah, actually, it was um, you know even before that I was I was uh, just a student backpacking at the end of the of the nineties, and um, yeah, as, as you mentioned, the first uh, actually the first city I came to, to to China was 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 Shenzhen through through Hong Kong. It was just supposed to be a you know a short stop to go to to other places in the in the country. It was a uh, Pretty uh, terrifying, actually, crossing the border in Luohu back then. And, um, you know, uh, Shenzhen had a a bad reputation, particularly back back in time. And, um, uh, yeah, it was was just, you know, logically a city that was uh, really stuck between Guangzhou and and, uh, and Hong Kong, a new city where where people were, you know, just just passing, essentially, not, not stopping a lot. The, uh, the the manufacturing revolution that that happened, you know, under the impulsion of um, uh, foreign and, and Chinese companies here, have, have tremendously changed the landscape. Uh, and then Shenzhen went through, you know, that um, uh, urbanization, as far as I can tell, extremely rapidly. But it was still, you know, a, a city that now was called, you know, the uh, the, the factory of the world, and and uh, you know, not a place where where you, you want to spend your holidays so much. And uh, you know, it took many more years to, um, to to see how how things you know continued evolving, and and actually factories being you know planned out in, in various cities around Shenzhen, and then Shenzhen becoming a very uh, in- interesting and livable city, which was um, the realization I, I came to you know three years ago <laughs> by coming here and you know uh, having actually friends telling me oh you know, this is this is pretty cool city, and I was like you know this is not possible, and uh, you know nobody believed so actually, and and even today people. People don't still yeah. don't believe it, which is pretty funny. Yeah. But it's uh, yeah, it came a long way. By far, you know, one of the most livable cities on, in China. Uh, so so happy to be here, you know, on professional side because, of course, in, in consumer electronics there is a, a lot going on, but also in software and synthetic biology. And on the personal side, it's it's really um, really interesting and, and really cool to be uh, to be in this environment. I also agree. I think there's still. I always think of Hong Kong, people are still afraid to come to Shenzhen when I say, I still visit Hong Kong and they always think, uh, I think we're, we're crazy to yeah. live here. <laughs> they still haven't given it another try, I think since the 10 or yeah. 20 years ago that they, they might have come here. So that kind of leads into my next point is lean hardware. I think that's a, that's a term you've used a lot. Maybe you can share with us what that is. Yeah, so when we uh, started to, to play with um, with hardware, we realized how complicated it was to come to Shenzhen and uh, and figure things out. Um, and so that, that was quite frustrating because um, obviously I spent a lot of time around in, in the country and uh, generally you know could build 
businesses from scratch and and uh, and strive, but um, uh, really hit a rock here in terms of you know uh, ecosystem and, and try to understand what's going on. Obviously, it's a large city, and you know you can come to to Huachang Bay, and you know and even today I still don't understand it fully. So <laughs> so back then it was even more complicated. So but at the same time it was pretty clear and obvious that there was resources and people who've been through what every single startup went through in the past because you know uh, big companies were also startups at, at a certain point. But it was really the first time that someone was trying to, to leverage that ecosystem for small companies. And, and that's because even, even a few years back, it was really impossible for um, a small company to go see manufacturers and, and try to you know, pull off a, a few thousand units. They were just not interested. But at the same time, the ecosystem started, you know, continued to evolve quite a bit with smaller factories feeding bigger, bigger, company, bigger factories and, and so on and so forth. And so the key was, can we, can we leverage those small, smaller factories for, for the startups? And, and the answer became very quickly yes. And so that was the first part of, of, of the realization. The second one was that most of, of the startups, uh, our startups, were taking long time and a lot of money to go to market. And, you know, it's very well known that investors have been really not wanting to, to finance this type of companies for many years because some lost a lot of money, a lot of them disappeared, or they were just, you know, again, the, the belief was that it would take $50 million for anybody to, to enter the, the hardware space. But um, a lot of things have, have, have evolved, obviously. Lots of, of, of prototyping tools came over. 3D printing uh, became cheaper. So prototyping became something that could be done, you know, at a, at a cheaper rate. Kickstarter, uh, in particular, and crowdfunding um, websites were really instrumental in, in getting some cash in instead of, 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 of VCs, especially. So, so people believing that uh, that some other people can build a product and, and fronting the cash to do so, and and in many other things. So again, the factories playing ball and all that made actually the fact that you could launch hardware product a lot cheaper and a lot faster than than ever. And so what was left, what was miss, missing out there was really a methodology to, to leverage all that and, and also an understanding of what is a hardware startup because we haven't seen hardware startups for, for a long time. Since the uh, beginning of 2000 was, was a crash and you know, the, the real early ones were, were created in 2004, 2005, you know, the GoPro and, and Fitbits of the world and whatnot and at really harsh times. And so there was no real uh, understanding. And when, when you were looking at the software side, you, know, you have a lot of, of things going on and a lot of people writing about it and uh, and also you know some some kind of, of process uh, that is called lean, lean software and and so be, being lean is about a process that that works for people to to, to build products or companies figure out whether they are a startup at the first place and uh, really give a path for them to to think lean and lean is not necessarily being cheap it's about you know allocating resources and time and money toward the right thing at the right time and at the right moment and so lean hardware was about that, that anticipation, so really trying to find out what, from start to, uh, to you know, uh, exit, whatever is success, you know, what's going on in a hardware startup. And big companies have scaled, startups just have time. So uh, the, the key was, you know, how fast can you really iterate and go to market and go to a store? And what, what is the big picture there? And what is the process in between? So, so that's lean hardware. And that's what we are trying to, to demystify and, and reduce the frictions for people to build hardware startups. Yeah, I mean, I think before before you, this lean hardware term, it was always usually around software companies. It's pretty it's pretty amazing now that there's this whole disruption in hardware, and and I think you guys are definitely taking advantage of that. So more on the selection of entrepreneurs. I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening. What do you what do you look for when when there's 
they apply in your programs? Yeah, I think over time, um, uh, so I must have invested in maybe uh, 130 companies now. So, so quite a bit, and um, a lot of things have been written about uh, what what what's a great pick and what is a great team and and whatnot. And uh, first of all, I don't like the term pick or portfolio or anything, since uh, you know we're working together and we're partners uh, for for long term. So, you know, being being likable to to me is important <laughs> or to us at the first place. But uh, it's more impo- important than it looks. You know, the uh, of course that there is a um, you know some some matching somewhere about how you know how you think about the world and and and, and all that is is important because you are going to work with. Uh, with your investor for for a long time, so we you know uh, we, we we always put a lot of emphasis in in whether whether we like each other or not, and and sometimes it's natural, sometimes it takes time to to know that you are you don't like each other, and then you separate and it's fine. But at least it's it's, it's very high in 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 the way we do things. The most important thing is are, are the entrepreneurs resourceful, and um, I realized that it became an important tray as 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 we've built. A set of, of of we call it a bag of hammers. So so instead of having one hammer and many nails, you know, we try to offer lots of hammers, and you know, you choose which nail you want to hit with, whatever hammer you want. And uh, lately, we we have been to, to back to Japan, and through our conversations, we realized that there was no word in in Japanese for resourceful. And you may know or not, but uh, uh, Japan and entrepreneurship is is not going very well together for lots of reasons. It's getting better uh, over the last year or so, but still a long way, of course, from you know the mentality that that is driving um, driven by you know Silicon Valley and, and other places. So that was interesting to see. Oh, there is no word for resourceful. It's like, but so maybe maybe that's it you know that's that's what makes uh, an entrepreneur um, and so so looking for that quality is important for us yeah i think that's a good one i think because usually as a startup you have limited resources so being able to take advantage of any kind of advantage you possibly can find is a critical part so it's kind of a complimentary but maybe also touch on it as a team itself as a group yeah, in, in you know, both software and hardware, you have um, some fundamental skills that, that you need to, to have, and uh, generally they turn around uh, being able to, uh, to, to develop and, and, uh, and ship a product, technically speaking, or at least a prototype, and then, then being able to sell it. And so, of course, there is you know, a wide variety of people and, and what, how they can build things, you know, if it's mobile or web, or if it's a device that has electrical or mechanical and etc. So it's um, you know there the, the are you know the, the holy trinity in software is um, is about uh, software UI and, and business. In hardware is a bit more complex. Uh, first of all, because you, you you cannot have the team of, of your dream. I think at the start because that will require to have six, seven, ten people covering industrial design, mechanical engineering, design for manufacturing, electrical engineering, uh, business, software, mobile, software, web, software, cloud, software, this, software, that. You know, it's just uh, firmware. You know, just all over the place. So, so, so the, the key is still to, to get back to, to your to your own basics and 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 really have your, your the, the core of, of shipping and being able to sell there and, and then seek for again by being resourceful you know being able to to pick here left and right partners and and uh, and people to help you uh, on the way to to the next step and the next step being you know you getting a little bit more of, of money here and here or there to to complete your team and then move slowly you know to to scale that's definitely some some good points there so maybe look kind of getting towards the end and there's a couple more questions maybe we can connect the two in your portfolio, you, like you said, you've you've met many entrepreneurs and worked with many teams. So, what what have you seen in the most successful uh, turnouts, and maybe also to follow up some of the ones that you thought would work that didn't work? What, what can you share with some insights? 
Yeah, the, the, the success is still hard to, hard to grasp all the, um, all the failures, essentially, because, uh, first of all, we're looking at, um, as, as investors in, in the VC industry at large, we're looking at, at very long time frames. You know, the, the, the time to exit has been moving from seven to nine years or something now. So, so what that means is that even, you know, of course, if a startup fails tomorrow, then, then it's, it's gone. But if a company has a, a Series B funding today, it doesn't mean that it will still be there in five years from now. So, so all, all that said, the um, success comes in, for me at least, really in building a sustainable business. Most of VCs will tell you growth versus, versus revenue. I don't know if it's, it's conservative in me that uh, thinks that revenue is still important when you build a business. And, and, uh, but uh, of course, it depends on consumer or, or not. And, and there are lots of, of, of different types of, of businesses out there. But still being able to, I think, to, to, to reach revenue is, is still a great way for you to, to self-finance and then see you know, if, if investors are not interested in your business for you know, there, there are trillion reasons why they would not invest. Uh, it's not it's generally about why would they invest, um, but at, at least you, you are sustainable and you can continue move forward despite the, the odds and, and, you know, prove them wrong. And, and you know, the financing event is, is not even a, uh, the, the end of it. You know, you still have to build a business as well. So, so I've seen businesses all over the place, you know, from on, on, on one side raising a lot of money and not being able to sustain, you know, their valuations or, or, or the uh, expectations and not having the revenues that can match you know, uh, whatever they, they intended to do. On the other side, very successful bootstrap companies that are generating millions of dollars today and that are just waiting for, you know, iterating on a product slowly but surely and, and waiting for, for the big day where like GitHub, for example, after many years, you know, raised 90 millions or 100 millions of dollars, but they didn't need it, essentially. So jury's still out because we're look, you know, looking at a, at a very, very large range of, um, of companies in a lot of time. But at least Hacks in particular is, is built around the idea that companies will, will get to revenue extremely quickly. And that leaves them being able to see whether they want to do VC or not. So closing questions, uh, I think you're, you're just next batch of uh, Accelerator is starting next, next week. So it's a little bit too late for people listening to get involved there. But maybe we can share the website and, and maybe when your next batch is opening up. Sure. Um, so for Hacks, the, uh, the next batch opens up in January. So, so we'll have the uh, application round starting from October. Um, uh, Hacks is, is very, very international. We have about 60% of the companies coming from the US, 20% from Europe and 20% from Asia. So generally that leaves, you know, one or two spots for, for Chinese based, based companies. But, you know, uh, if we, uh, it doesn't really matter for us, but it's, it's based in China, but not China-centric. The other program, China Accelerator, is actually current looking for applicants now. So based in, in Shanghai, obviously purely, purely software and primarily working on the Chinese market. So you can go to hackcelerator.com, H-A-X-L-R-8-R.com, and chinaaccelerator.com, uh, which should be a, a lot easier to, to, to write down. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll try to link all that up on the notes. So thanks so much for being here today, Cyril, and, and uh, I'm sure listeners learned a lot. Thank you. Thanks, sir. That was great. That's a wrap. Keep going. And keep going. Never give up. <laughs> Thanks, Cyril, for sharing and being on the show today. Hope everybody learned a lot. And we're going to work on having this show two times a month. If you have feedback, ideas, or certain guests that you want to hear on the show, reach out to me on mikesblog.com slash Forbes. Okay, everybody, until next time, have a great day. Mm-hmm.